All right, Joe, let's talk about fighting sin again. Uh, I want to, I want you to help me out a little bit today. Uh, I've got a problem trying to discover, uh, is it correlation or causation? You ever have these scenarios in your life? You're like, okay, are these two things correlated or does one thing cause the other? I've been talking for the past uh, few weeks about, you know, fighting sin and, uh, you know, helping guys discover and be trained in discovering the sinful passions in their lives and fighting back. And I've been looking at the men that I know in my life that are really good at this, that just are, are stand out, you know, seem to uh, be able to easily slough off uh, the really big sinful passions that I, I see as uh, difficult. Um, and I'm like, man, what is it about these guys? What is it about these guys? What are they, they doing? And I got to say, every one of these guys I've looked at, they're good at playing defense. They're good at playing offense. They've got zero tolerance attitude. All the rules that we've talked about. Joe, they're obnoxiously ordinary. Like they're, so, <laughs> they're just, they're just ordinary. I, yeah. I don't know. Is it just the guys that I know that are really good at this, that are just like not a bit, I don't know. They're nothing showy, Joe. Is that, is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they, they don't look like James Bond or, uh, you know, so, like they'd be in a hero movie. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of, you know, when people talk about the top executives and the way in which they're, you know, they're not the guys with all the charisma, they're the guys with the glasses and, you know, that just kind of are modest, but, um, yeah, when it comes to spiritual growth, yeah, it's it's, the, it's ordinary guys um, that that you know are are walking the walk. Yeah, and I think that's uh, what's interesting as we think through, especially fighting sin. Uh, sometimes it feels like we're building into a superhero, right? Or we've got this like, hey, maybe there's we've talked time and time again. Maybe there's this one thing that I can do. Isn't there just this one pill I can take and I'll be able to fight sin completely? Everything's done with. Uh, but it is. For the, for the men that I see are having success, uh, it is extraordinarily ordinary, but they're, they're really um, just doing the everyday, they're excelling at the everyday ordinary things. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, if, if we're, you know, it makes me think of if, going back a little bit in basketball, but John Stockton, you know, this point guard, you know, who was just, you know, there was nothing flashy about him, um, but he knew how to pass, he knew how to shoot, he knew how to dribble. And uh, when it comes to the Christian life, it's not the people who can do all the fancy stuff, you know, the crossovers and the, you know, uh, 360 jams. It's the basic stuff that goes into ordinary Christianity that makes us strong. Yes. Yeah. So I want to, I want us to use that and point it towards fighting sin and use this as one of our rules for training guys to uh, fight against sin. And it's just that killing sin requires discipline in the fundamentals right? This has got to be one of our rules of war. If we're going to go to battle against sin, we've got to realize that, man, you need to be diligent in the regular everyday fundamentals of the Christian life. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes against, I think, uh, all marketing in the 21st century, you know, all the snake oil salesmen that are available on YouTube. I, I turned 40 this last year. And what's funny is, um, you know, Google knows everything about each one of us. And as soon as you turn 40, it's like you get all of these new advertisements that are trying to reverse aging. And, you know, it's like, you know, for a small fee, you just pay this fee and take this pill and that's going to, you know, cause you to have bigger muscle and lose weight and be healthier. And, you know, we want the same sort of exotic treatment with sin when it's not the exotic, it's the ordinary, like you said, mm. it's every day. Uh, the, the means of grace, as the old theologians would say, mm. that go into building strong Christian lives. Mm. Yeah, I actually had a, a conversation with a guy this morning, 
who was, we were talking about one thing we were talking about, he just needed to confess some sins and things he had fallen in. And he just came out of a long period of uh, sinful struggle in his life. And he has seen victory now over the past few months and has been uh, really changed dramatically some of his lifestyle and stuff. But then he, he had a, a little bit of a fall. And um, what he said is, he's, he's like, you know, Evan, I kept telling myself, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then he said, uh, then I realized after a fall, I'm not good, I'm arrogant. I, I, I stopped reading, I stopped, you know, paying attention to what I'm listening to. I stopped paying attention to how much I was reading God's word, actually, you know, reading my Bible plan. And I became arrogant thinking, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need all the little things in my life. And it was neglecting those little everyday ordinary moments of the fundamentals that eventually uh, led to a little slip up for him. And isn't that just kind of where we all find ourselves? It's neglecting those small little things that over time get us into these holes. Yeah, it makes me think the psalmist says, you know, in my prosperity, I said my mountain will stand strong. Mm. And then he, and, and then he stumbles. It's like in that moment, we think, okay, God, I can stand up now on my own. Yeah. You know, that that's when, uh, you know, our legs get chopped from beneath our feet and, or, you know, we fall on our face. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of times we think as men, um, the fundamentals of the Christian life are the training wheels, right? It's like, you got to have the training wheels, but eventually yeah. the training wheels come off, right? And I'm this big, you know, spiritual giant and I don't have, but man, uh, I don't know. I know for myself, I don't want to wake up one day, you know, and realize that, oh, I need to go back to the basics. Oh, I need to go back to like, oh, oh, I need to go back. You never grow out of the training wheels of the fundamentals. They're not training wheels. They're permanent fixtures. It's not something we go back to at some point. No, they're just always there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not training wheels. Like, you know, the image of, of these fundamentals, think of like, if you're working out like stretching or mm. like eating vegetables, like, you know, you don't grow out of nutrition. Um, it's something that's got to be a part of your life if you're going to be healthy. And in the same way, when we're talking about prayer or word or, you know, showing up at church, like this is, I mean, this is as simple as having protein in your diet is um, yeah. healthy. All right. So I want to get into talking about, all right, what we talked about how you need to be disciplined and diligent in the fundamentals. We need to talk about what are the fundamentals, but first, why don't you give us a uh, Bible verse? I know you got something from Romans there for us to, to yeah. highlight and get us into what does, do we even need to be diligent? Why is this an important part of the Christian life? Yeah. So just a, a short verse, this is Romans 12 uh, verse 11. Um, but Paul says uh, to be not lagging in diligence, uh, but to be fervent in spirit. And at this point, you know, he's been through all of the, the doctrines of grace, and he's really talking about practical Christianity in uh, chapter 12. And this idea that we need diligence and we need fervency in our walk with God. I think those are two words that guys should think about what they mean in and of themselves, but how they apply spiritually. Um, and, you know, one definition of diligence is just careful or persistent work or effort. Mm. You know, diligence is when you just get up and you go for that jog every day, uh, whether you feel like it or not, you know, you just persist in practicing something. And most of the time you see nothing for your labor. Um, and yet if you were to stop doing it, like we said earlier, uh, you begin to recognize problems that may look disconnected, but actually are connected to not being diligent in something. And so Paul, he says, you know, we've got to be diligent as Christians. And we also have to have a fervent spirit. And a fervency is such a great word because it really means a kind of passionate intensity. 
And so, you know, if you think about, for example, it's better to show up at church than not show up at church, but it's actually better to show up at church and have a good attitude mm. and engage church and, you know, to be fervent in spirit saying, okay, what God are you going to give me? That attitude is going to reap a whole different set of uh, results than if you just sit in the seat and just disengage as soon as you get through the building. And so I think, you know, really what, what Paul is describing here is something that anybody who watches athletes who are successful in a sport, they know, and they can recognize readily that uh, even if you take your sort of great, great athlete. So if you take your, you know, you're kind of Kobe Bryant in basketball. Um, now the guy was extraordinarily athletic, uh, no doubt about that. You know, he's six foot seven or something, yeah. but really what people talk about with Kobe Bryant is the way he showed up at the gym. You know, he just kept shooting free throws. He kept working on the fundamentals and it was that diligence. And it was the fervency that he brought into practice, which even like the professional athletes think set him aside as a, something, you know, that was remarkable. And so, you know, as Christians, it's not about, you know, you don't have to be the stellar athlete or anything, but it is about, okay, diligence, fervency, focusing on the fundamentals, coming with an attitude that I want to learn. And those kind of ingredients are what set us up to be able to fight against sin. Yeah. And not, not overthinking yet. I think a lot of times if for some guys, if they wanted to start, let's say play basketball today, so there are, there's a section of guys that would go online and look up the Kobe Bryant workout and attempt <laughs> to do that. Like today, like, I've never yeah. picked up a basketball, but I, I need to become a star. So I'm going to do the Kobe Bryant workout. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, what you need to do is wake up. I've got a, a buddy who's always in my head. He's always in my head. Cause he says the same thing all the time to me. Uh, he said, just do something. So he says time and time again, just wake up and do something. If you'll start there, like if you want to start to learn to play basketball, don't look up the Kobe Bryant workout, just do something, get up and dribble the ball. Let's start there. And then you're going to work your way up. But, uh, and that's where guys get caught. I think a lot of times in their spiritual lives. And as they're, um, thinking about this fight against sin, aim so high that they can never follow through. There's no, there's no chance of being able to actually follow through and do that as opposed to having that uh, example of just wake up, do something, aim for ordinary because it's the ordinary guys that are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's those right. are the guys that are killing it and actually getting stuff done. It's not the guys that are aiming so high they can never actually follow through. Let, let's look then just, all right, what are the fundamentals? All right, if guys need to be practicing the fundamentals, name a few of these and let's uh, point get guys towards how they can practice them. Yeah. So that, you know, that's such an important question is, uh, you know, what, what are, what is most basic in a sense to our Christian discipleship? And, um, I think what you need to begin is just with the word of God itself, that we need to feel like we need God's word, like we need oxygen, like we need food, mm -hmm. like we need sleep. Um, it is that basic to our existence spiritually. And, uh, you know, if any guys, you know, really aren't sure about that, where I would point them is uh, Psalm 19. And one of the things that's so amazing about Psalm 19 is the way in which it, it, it compares the word of God. It's like the sun, you know, the sun rises and its light illumines the whole of the earth. And that's what God's word does. It actually sheds light into our hearts. So if we're talking about, for example, fighting sin, you can't fight what you can't see. If an mm -hmm. enemy's invisible, uh, that enemy is going to stalk. He's going to cut you down. Um, and so the psalmist, at the end of the psalm, he says, uh, who can discern his errors? Uh, and that's a great question. How can I even see my sin? And so it's this prayer 
that God would, you know, not allow our sin to have dominion. But if we don't have the word of God, we're not going to be able to see what we even need to fight against. Yes. Yeah. The, the simple cue of being able to, if you want to fight sin, you got to first see what, what the heck, what the heck's going on here. And uh, the filter there is the word of God. And the, the simplicity of opening your Bible every day, digging into it yourself, take some time, dig into it yourself um, and not get distracted by another thing that I see guys get distracted by is you spend more time searching for the perfect Bible reading plan than you do actually right. reading your Bible. Like what? <laughs> Why are we there? And that's the thing is I love Bible reading plans all about it, man. But, uh, but we can spend so much time trying to find the perfect, I need the perfect plan for this perfect season in my life. And you read the introduction to all these Bible reading plans and you've spent more time reading things about Bible plans than you spent actually reading your Bible. And those are just distractions. That's not, you know, the basic fundamentals. That's where, Hey, why don't you just focus on the actual word of God? Just pick a plan. Who cares? Whatever's the first one, whatever is going to get you there (laughs) and get started on the word of God uh, yourself. Now what's a, what's another basic uh, fundamental? I think that, you know, the, the, the second most basic would have to be prayer, Um, you know, speaking to God. And I think though, what's important about prayer, we maybe don't always recognize. We feel like, you know, prayer, uh, we, we think that God like needs to hear us mention every uh, need that we have in our life. You know, like mm-hmm. somehow he doesn't know unless I tell him. And you know, prayer is not about telling God something he doesn't know. Really, one of the most important parts of prayer is the attitude it expresses. Um, the reason you pray is because you know you don't have the strength. And so you need help. It's an, it's an expression of dependency. And in the same way that not praying is an expression of pride. And I don't need help. And the one thing we all need to realize, especially with fighting sin, we need help, but we need (laughs) reinforcement. We need rescue and deliverance. And so if we're not in that place where we're praying, we're the idiot standing up like Rambo with the whole army in front of us thinking we're going to take it out. Only that was a film and like we're in real life and we're about to get, you know, get hurt. Yeah, it, it really is an act of arrogance. So there's because uh, there's nothing more humbling than uh, laying laying down and praying face down to God and asking for help. With especially if you're talking about fighting sin, come on, yeah, like you said, we can't do this alone. Uh, but that is a fundamental that we give. We man, as men, we tend to wake up and say, "I got this. I'm a bootstrap this. I got this." And uh, yet, turning to God in prayer every day. Uh, constant and praying with brothers, like finding time to pray, call somebody, pray together. Like uh, there, that is hugely powerful in your life. And you're talking, when you're talking about fighting sin, all right. So read the word of God, pray. We've heard these things in the church our whole lives, Joe, you're not surprising me here. It's extraordinarily ordinary. What other ordinary fundamental, uh, do we have, do we need to follow through with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just keep the trend of being boring. Um, (laughs) you know, Go to church. That's the third one, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> Go worship. Um, you know, uh, if you've got, we've all got appliances more and more that are battery powered. And um, I've got an electric toothbrush, you know, I got recently. And, you know, when it's not charged, it doesn't work. Um, it just doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, I find my heart gets like that charge goes down um, over the week. I get less fervent, I get less diligent. And I need to go plug myself in and I got to go recharge. Mm. And uh, that's why that's one of the reasons that we have worship. And so any guy 
just trying to go, okay, I'll just skip for a week or two. Um, you know, there's some big football games. I got a fishing trip and I can go to church next month. What well, you're going to be entering into life without a battery that's charged. And so again, just expect yourself to uh, succumb to temptation. If that's the case. Yeah. It's become one of these weird things where going to church has become less and less like a big deal to a lot of guys. I don't know, at least here in America, I don't know how it is there in, in Scotland, but it's like, it's almost like a, if I have time or right. it's the best of intentions, even sometimes, right. uh, but man, church attendance is awful here in the United States. It's terrible, especially by men. It's at, at best, maybe our wives and kids go, but we just don't go. And it's not a huge ask. That's what I don't get. It's not like it's a big ask. You're not having to show up and actually do anything for a lot of guys. You're not even volunteering at your church. You're just showing up. So what does it say about our hearts? What does it say about our true passions to actually grow as men? What does it say about what we're signaling to our families? What I mean, it's really, you got to be really in a dark, bad place if you can't even just show up on a Sunday morning to church. And uh, so that's, that's just like a bare minimum. And then like you're saying, it's a recharge thing. Like if you don't see it as Hey, there is value here. This is a needed thing to keep me where I need to be in my spiritual life. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't even get, that's one is I, I haven't really ever understood the whole don't go to church thing. I don't get that culture, but <laughs> we, I could go off on that. I don't understand, but uh, yes. Okay. So read your Bible, pray, go to, go to church, gosh, go to church. And then what else? Yeah. Well, maybe just one more. Uh, I mean, I, I, we could talk a lot about fellowship, and uh in friendship but you know we, we've done that we guys we've got a whole season on spiritual friendship so i'm not really going to talk about that here but one feature of worship that i would really encourage guys to engage with uh, in a more intentional way would be communion itself um you know when you go to church and have that opportunity realize that this is something god has done in a sense to help us with all of our struggles and one of the hardest things with a battle against sin is to actually see sin for all of its ugliness. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ways when you go to communion and uh, you get handed that little cup and whether it's wine or juice, whatever's inside of it, you know, if you just pause for a minute and think, you know, the blood of Jesus was shed because of my sin. Mm-hmm. So that thing I did last night and I thought it was fun. What would have, have felt like if I was watching Jesus get lashed on account of that thing. Does it mean that much to me? Mm. Um, and if it doesn't, which it shouldn't, you know, holding that reminder of the blood of Christ, that should change my perspective on my sin and make me willing to confess and say, God, free me from this passion. Mm. I don't like it anymore. Mm. So I would just really encourage guys take advantage of communion and really think about its significance. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I think you're right. There's there is power in confession itself, um, as part of communion, as part of prayer, all of that. Like, there's something about me having to say out loud, Joe. Like to have to, to have to say out loud in time of prayer, or to say out loud to a friend, uh, some a sin struggle that I have fallen in. It does have effects in that battle against sin. Keeping it to myself, the times when I keep it to myself or I don't face the ugliness, like you're saying, that's you know right there in front of your face in communion. Uh, if you can stay away from the ugliness of sin, you will keep doing it. You'll keep going. <laughs> but if you will really go face to face with how ugly it is, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those fundamentals that'll keep you in the battle against sin. Um, so yeah, 
let let me take some time now. Let's let's turn it towards particular sin. You know, yeah. let, let's take a little bit of time and say, all right, what about the sin of vanity that guys are struggling with? How do we how do we define vanity and how do we encourage guys to fight back in the, their sin struggle with vanity? Yeah, well, this is uh, this is something that, you know, I think often we don't think of as a serious sin. Uh, we maybe just think of vanity in terms of like superficially caring about our how we look or something. And uh, guys need to think more deeply about why vanity is a problem. And the way I would define vanity for guys would be, um, you know, seeking to win the approval of the wrong audience with the wrong metric. Um, so I want to belong to some group and mm-hmm. in order to belong, I need to have this quality. And so I'm going to sacrifice whatever is required in order to gain membership. And so this could be um, being a part of, you know, having a certain physique and not just be fit, but to really be one of those people that should be at the CrossFit games um, that leads me just to care about something that the, not the most important part of myself, or it could be that part of me, I've got to be in the inner circle of, uh, you know, the management of the company. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to belong into that group. Or, you know, you could look at a lot of different things. Um, I've got to get my handicap in golf beneath this number, because then I'll be in a select group of people and then I'll have worth and value it's that aspect that causes us to take the superficial and elevate it over what's of genuine significance. Hmm. And uh, the danger of vanity is it really, it just causes us to waste our life. Hmm. You know, one day we'll get to the end. We'll be in the presence of God. We'll be before the throne of Christ. We'll look back and think, wait, I invested my 10,000 hours, you know, in trying to have a a six pack when I was like 45 (laughs) Um, that was the most important thing in that moment of history. Um, so this is why it matters because life matters and we've got to value what really has eternal significance and what audience is worth winning the approval of. We've got to answer those questions. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause yeah, we just got done talking about being diligent and like, Oh, you need to be diligent. Right. And, uh, the vanity sounds like people that are super diligent and actually super hard workers, I, and I, I don't know, I see uh, vanity as one of these things where you're busy, but discontent, right? So it's, it's like all the diligence in the world, but pointed at the wrong things. And it's ultimately discontent with the, the results. Yeah. And this is like C.S. Lewis talks about this because it's the problem is you think there's an inner ring. And if I can just arrive in the inner ring, I'll be happy. But whenever you get in the inner ring, you find out actually there's another inner ring. So you <laughs> think, okay, I just need to buy the Mercedes and then I'm going to be in the club you get the Mercedes and then find out that actually some people have, got, have Bentleys out there and you know, you got to get in the Bentley club now. Um, and it never ends. So there's never anybody who's at the center. And if there was that person would be so proud and self-consumed, you would, his name is Satan. You don't want to be him, you know? Yeah. That, that, that sounds like an exhausting game to keep up with the van vanity game. So yeah, don't, don't be busy yet discontent and feeling like you don't fit in with everybody. Cause there's, there's no inner circle that you're not a part of. Well, well, how do we, how do we fight though? How do we fight against this? Cause we all feel this. We all know, look, I, I can recognize that crowd of people and that I want to, you know, be more like them. And I spend too much time and energy uh, trying to, yeah, work on six pack abs or whatever it is. It's not happening here, but, <laughs> but how do yeah. we fight back against that? The, the, those vain thoughts that come up. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I'll ask a question. It's going to sound really impious. Like uh, this is not a good question. Um, somebody's going to be mad when I ask the question, but it's a good question. Uh, and the question is what's right with this passion, what's right with this sinful passion of vanity and what's right is it's a distortion of needs that God has built us with. And so what I mean by that is all of us, we have to belong. We are, we are made for relationship and for community and all of us, we need to have value as people. And so the problem with vanity is not needing to have value and it's not needing to belong. It's belonging to the wrong crowd Hmm. and getting your self-worth from something that is insufficient to give you real value. Hmm. And so the the answer to uh, vanity is a stable identity. It Hmm. is uh, finding a stable source of self-worth, something that really grounds your person with real genuine value in belonging in a community that's really worth belonging to. And so this mm-hmm. is where the, go- the gospel, right? The gospel is the answer to vanity. Because uh, if you really understand what it means to be a member of God's family and to be beloved by God, if that doesn't make you change what you really care about, you just don't appreciate you mm-hmm. know, who God is, the significance of his family, mm-hmm. like all that you inherit with Christ when you you know, what said that we're co-heirs with him. The more we recognize who we are in Christ, the less uh, this, you know, this charm of vanity is going to have any power over us. Yes. Part of what I hear you saying there is that if you struggle with vanity, part of the problem is you've got the right energy, wrong target, right? Right Right, right energy, wrong target, right? Wrong aim. You're aiming for the wrong circle of people. It's not that inner circle that you're feeling on the outskirts of, and you got to pour all your energy and diligence into, you know, but it's, uh, there's a community of God. That's where you're aiming right. for, right? So right energy, wrong target. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Uh, that's good. Any, any practical, like, Hey, I'm struggling with vanity. What's my, you know, do you have a one or two steps that guys could take? Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I think the eternal lens is that's so important. Cool. I think, uh, write your ideal resume and present it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you just imagine you accomplish all the dreams you have for yourself. Uh, okay. You get the degrees, uh, you get the promotion, um, you know, you have the sales numbers that you dream of and, and get to go on the vacations and you arrive to the throne of Jesus and say, Hey, Jesus, let me just tell you about my life. And just imagine looking and saying, this is what you did with yourself and ask yourself, is he going to be pleased? Um, if you put yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be like a fire that's going to eat through the stuff that is vain. And what's going to be left is the stuff that has real significance. So, uh, do that. Do that. Think of yourself before Jesus and ask what matters. Well, I immediately regret asking that question. So that was <laughs> that exercise. Sounds, that's wow. Yeah, no, that's going to be very helpful and uh, convicting for me to do. So I appreciate that. Um, well, unless, you got anything else you want to share with guys or otherwise I'll close this out. No, no, just guys. Uh, again, think about the fundamentals this week. Yes. And we'll just yeah. limit to the one. Go to church. Just start there. Go <laughs> yes, to church. Please, by all means, guys, it's not a not a big ass. Go to church, participate, worship, uh, practice the fundamentals. Don't be that kind of guy that wakes up and one day realizes, oh, man, I need to go back to the fundamentals. You should never in your life have to go back to the fundamentals. They need to always be a part of your regular life. Uh, if you're looking for next steps for you and your friends, you can go to our website, xtrainingministries.com. And I will say we have a blog on that website where we're posting every week right now, blog posts that uh, are having to do with fighting sin. So if you're looking for more information, more help, more training in how to fight back against sin and sinful passions in your lives, 
go to our website, go to the resources tab, and you'll see that blog where you're gonna get more information on uh, how you can begin today fighting back against sin. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of A Rule of War.